You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Welcome back. Happy Friday. Glad to have you with us again. We have much to discuss. Two really cool car debates coming up. And man, you guys have got a lot of questions. No kidding. We've got to get to them. But first, let's start with one from John A. on Facebook, who heard that Chevy is dropping plans for the Z06. (laughs) Is that true? And if so, will I be okay? No, they are not dropping plans. Not according to what I see. Mm Mm-hmm. And the best place to go for anything GM is GMAuthority.com. True. They have their sources, and they've actually just announced when they believe order books for the Z06 are opening up, and it's springtime 2022, so it's very soon after this recording. But I cannot imagine GM would tease a Z06, build prototypes, have an entire launch, hire people to come on camera, do a Mm roundtable, talk about it, get the entire internet all hot and bothered, and then say, You know what we're up against here. And this happens every single year, and I want to caution all of you. There's a 48-hour period over <laughs> April 1st, and, and it's not April 1st. It's like a 48-hour period over April 1st where anything questionable you read in car culture is probably a lie. It's probably just an April 1st spook. <laughs> yeah. But for some reason, yeah. I guess because it's a global thing and some people are on April 1st before or after others, it is like 48 hours worth of your, your – if, you, if you're doing the doom scroll on Twitter and you go, how is that going on? Check the date. Exactly. Because well, if it's anywhere in there, it's probably not real. I can see how that happened because uh-huh. everything on the internet is true. Yeah. Yes. So you just naturally know that that's true. And, and therefore... What's, what's even better is that over time, thank God, the bot is tailoring your internet to be to you. So <laughs> no kidding. it's only your version yeah. of the internet, which is why you believe it's all true. And that's why you don't understand why the person next to you has a different internet and doesn't believe, believe what you believe. The internet's being tailored to us. We thought... Sorry, I want to rant. <laughs> Go. We thought that we needed to worry about AI taking over the world and the Cyberdyne system blowing us all up. They've already done it. The bot, <laughs> the algorithm, is feeding yes. it up to us and warping our brains. Welcome to 2022 and beyond. <laughs> we have a great couple of car debates for you guys. Matthew and Katie M. in Pennsylvania are writing. And scrolling on down, we've got Jackson R., also in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Cool. He's writing us with... A note about his 10 years of discipline, Mm. 10 years of financial discipline for he and his wife. It's an astounding read. It is. We have cars for you. We're going to poke fun, but that's what we do. Did you know that Matthew and Katie are already coming to the meetup? I did see that. Which is really cool because we're coming to Philly uh, soon, and they're actually coming to the meetup that we have the night before. There's still a few tickets available. If you'd like to join us, it is an all-inclusive dinner, alcohol as well, at a really cool place in Philly the night before the Radwood event that is happening uh, at the Subaru uh, Park, I think is what it's Subaru called. Subaru Park. So we will be driving all, all the way out there <laughs> in our cars of the past and shooting yeah. as we do, and then we'll get there and have that meet up the night before and then go to, to uh, Radwood, which we're really excited about. If you'd love to join us, we'd love to have you. So please, uh, please check it out on our website. It's the Adventures tab of the website. You can find all the info there. Car debate number one is from Matthew and Katie M. Now, Matthew has been listening to this podcast from episode number one. Wow. He's 27. Do the math. You know what that means? Actually, I just now thought of this. A few years. There's a chance that Matthew knew us before he knew his wife. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Sorry. I don't know if that's true, but I just had that thought. There is that possibility. Anyway, yeah. Well, he and his wife, Katie, they're in Khan Shoshakan. Wow, great sure. password. That is, that, there it is. That's, that's my new password right there. <laughs> They've got an eight-month-old son, Declan. They currently own three cars. The first is his daily. It's a WRR Blue 2017 WRX with a six-speed manual okay. and light modifications. Right, including a tune, intake, <laughs> and exhaust. Whenever anybody says that, it's just lightly modified. Light, lightly modified. Sure. It just makes 2,000 horsepower at the it's, wheels. It's stage one, even though nobody knows what that means. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Well, Matthew ordered it brand new in late 2016, picked it up from the dealer with seven miles on the odometer. Now, it's currently got 71,000 miles and is paid off. Wow, love it. Shortly after he purchased the car, he started working at the dealership where he bought it. And now he's a salesman. Mm-hmm. I liked it so much, I bought the company. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. <laughs> the dealer is one of the largest in eastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey, so he had the opportunity to learn about and drive a lot of cars. Second car is a black 02 BMW Z3 2.5 with a mm. five-speed manual. He bought this for $7,500 in the summer right before we did our cheap sports car there challenge. You go. Love it. Side note, a friend of mine, Dane in Kansas, mm-hmm. his buddy Ethan just bought two days ago. Mm-hmm. A Z3, 150,000 miles. Okay. And this, in the current crazy car market, bought it for 7,500 bucks. Right now he did? Right now. He sent me pictures. The interior is perfect. 150,000 miles. I think original Mm. owner, Ethan, I have to tease you just a little bit because Ethan sold a 2011 DBS. Yes, the James Bond car. Whoa. Bought a Ford F-150 and this because he wanted to drive. He had put very Mm. few miles Mm. on his DBS. And if he's not listening, he is now because, Ethan, you went the wrong way. No, you didn't. Because you now right you get yeah. to drive without mm-hmm. worry. It's consequence-free driving. That is a big thing. So back to Matthew's debate here. After months of debating, if he should get a cheap toy and what to get his wife, fiance at the time. You're right, Todd. Dang it. <laughs> I mean, he might have known her a long time, but there's a real chance. He's been listening to this podcast longer than he's been in oh what gosh. is now his marriage and engagement and even dating. Yikes. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving she, on. She told him that if he was going to buy something, he better do it quick because once they get married, she would have 51% of the vote. <laughs> Minister of Finance doesn't come into Whoa. office until this date. So if you're going to do something crazy, get ahead of it. That's all, that's all she's saying. And you know? Matthew did. Three weeks before they got married, the car popped up. <laughs> After a test drive and a pre-purchase inspection, it was in the garage. She loves riding in the passenger seat, putting the top down for date night, but doesn't want to drive it. Okay. He tried teaching her how to drive stick, and it didn't go well. That's why you, uh, mm, <laughs> yes, Matthew, go ahead, Matthew, go ahead, Matthew, please. Matthew. The, the reason is because you can't teach her. Right. That's why. That's why it didn't go well. Have your wife learn to drive that car with someone else teaching her to drive it. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll go you this one. Bring it to the meetup. <laughs> oh. I'll take your wife around the block. Sure. Just let, I'll teach her how to drive stick without you in the car. Yeah, I, I exactly. promise you that will go better. Well, it's also a Z3. He won't fit. It, <laughs> Good thing. But but that that is the key thing, is that you cannot teach your significant other to do things like dancing, skiing, learning to drive stick. Things that they're they're gonna be like, Stop yelling at me. Don't don't do that. Have someone That's not else how you do it. that knows how to do the thing you want to do, have them teach so you guys can just enjoy. That's there what we I'm go. saying. Yeah. All right. Well Matthew, you've got uh, you've got the ability now. You've got mm-hmm. Todd has has offered up his services. And Matthew's dad loves this car also. He says, tries to steal it every chance he gets. <laughs> and his dad will be buying it when it's time for Matthew to get his dream car. 
a C6 generation Corvette Z06 with the 427, the big block. So, the, yeah, buy the monster motor. Why not? Sure, got it. The third car is a red 2021 Chevy Trailblazer. This is his wife's car, and it is staying. Okay. When his wife got pregnant, she was driving a Chevy Sonic hatch. Chevy girl. Okay. I, mm-hmm. Matthew, I have heard of people texting while they're driving. <laughs> I've seen the meat cereal. I've seen people shaving, reading the newspaper, but I've never heard of somebody. I mean, that's got to be a Guinness Book of World Records. She got pregnant while she was driving a Chevy Sonic. I mean, that's a small car. I mean, it sounds fun and all that. Wow. Life, that did not man. go where I expected. Okay, yeah. Well, she wanted something with more space and uh-huh. safety features. I guess that's what happens after you. Yeah, well, maybe, right. maybe and, it's because anyway. that car is so small that, no, separate thing, yeah. <laughs> wow. About a month before he left the car business, they were able to finance his car with new Chevy employee pricing. Okay, like it. His car history is limited but eclectic. He's owned an 03 Volvo V70 wagon, 03 Dodge Durango, an 08 Wrangler four-door with the six-speed manual, a 1997 Camry, and the three cars aforementioned, Mm -hmm. which means they've had three, four, five, six, and eight-cylinder engines, as well as front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, and four-wheel drive. You have officially covered it in a short period of time, bravo, yeah. (laughs) Well, the reason for this email is because the Subaru was recently involved in a hit and run. Mm. It's parked up front of their house at 2.30 in the morning. A drunk driver took a corner too fast, went on the wrong side of the street, and hit the WRX head on. Oh, gosh. He hit it so hard it pushed the Subaru back into his wife's car. So it was a two for one. Mm. Now, the damage to the Chevy isn't too bad, but the damage to the WRX is. It is totaled. Fortunately, they got the guy, pulled him over shortly after that, and they're currently working with his insurance. His insurance is about to go up. Yeah. Wow, that's terrifying. At this time, they don't know if the Subaru is fixable or if it would be totaled. I'm guessing it's totaled. I can't imagine it's fixable. But he says he hopes, Matthew hopes they total it because he's ready for a new driver experience. Mm -hmm. Now, he's hoping to get about $20,000 for the Subaru, which would put the budget around $40,000 with a Paul limiter of forty-five. dollars but only if I can give a suggestion that I has, have never given on the podcast before. But the problem there is hmm. there's stuff you've never suggested on the podcast before that you also wouldn't want to recommend. That's true. But there's you many. Could, but you could go to yeah. forty five grand on something that you don't like just to get well, the Paul limiter up there. Right. Anyway, yeah, that's not where we're going. But yeah. So the requirements in no specific order, more comfort than the WRX. Okay. Well, that's not hard. He didn't think it was that bad, but his wife said she felt like she gets thrown around and gets car sick, which is funny because their baby laughs if they go around a corner too quickly. Well, but, so but, Matthew's mm. grinning, his wife's barfing, and the baby's laughing. You know why the baby's laughing? Because he's in a cocoon back there, perfectly strapped into a space seat. Right. He could be he could be going to space, and you'd have to actually do that to get him excited. So your wife's getting tossed around in the normal three-point harness. Your, your son's just strapped in like, do it again, Daddy. That seems like fun. Yeah, I get it. 206,000 moving parts, all built by the lowest bidder. There you go. Oh, he also wants better fuel economy. With the mods the WRX had, he was only getting 21 miles to the gallon. With now gas prices the way they are, it cost him 80 bucks to fill the tank with premium. Mm-hmm. He's very intrigued by plug-in hybrids because his daily commute is only 10 miles. Mm. He says electrics are on the table, but charging could be an issue with a BMW in the garage and they don't have a driveway. And the BMW and the, uh, okay. the Chevy are staying, so right. we got we got to work around those. This has to have four seats. Okay. Tried to convince his wife to let him sell both the WRX and the Z3 to get a Corvette, but she 51% vetoed him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, yeah. He prefer four doors, not opposed to coupes. And more than likely an automatic with the BMW in the garage because it's stick. Yeah, he'll sure. still have that car to scratch the itch. Love it. His wife would prefer an automatic just in case. Love it. With the baby, it's more important than ever to have good safety tech. Yep. 
And he also says, no COVs in all capital letters. Okay. Apparently, we're not doing COVs. That's <laughs> not. Yeah. He thinks they are pointless. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and unless you're getting something with seven plus seats or a body on frame off-roader, a good sedan or wagon can have the same utility with better driving dynamics. This is true. The, the market doesn't really support that, but you aren't lying. Yeah. No Hondas, no Volkswagens, no Fords. He says, I can't say they make bad cars, but not for Matthew. Okay. New or CPO, preferably a car with cool colors. He likes Skittle-colored cars just like you, Todd. I know. It's, it makes things better. It's cool. It does, yeah. Black was not his preference on the Z3, but it was cheap, and he wasn't picky. That's because you picked it up three weeks before he got married. Yes, and also, that's the thing. As you just proved, those cars are still out there, but you have to dig. Cheap, good deals are still out there, but you have to dig. And then you do have to go with, well, I guess I'm getting it in that color. I totally understand exactly. that. He's researched everything from a Volvo S60 and V60, Polestar mm-hmm. 2, Chevy Volt and Bolt, Alpha Julio, Jaguar XF Sport Brake, Toyota 4Runner, new Nissan Frontier, and he's even looked at Cayennes. Interesting. I understand that Cayenne is like between a CUV and an SUV, Matthew. It is. Uh, it yes. gets a pass. I, I, I mean, I'm giving he's it a give, pass. He's giving it a pass, though, for sure. You're right. Yeah. And he's even uh, looked at a great example of a 2001 Isuzu Vehicross. There you go. <laughs> There you what? go. Don't get that car, but there you go. What I like is is your your wife's opinion of this car, which really makes me laugh. Uh, she said, she said it looks like a drunk person tried to design a car to look like a frog. That's that's a pretty uh, impressive. I do still like them, and I have no reason to buy one, but I still inexplicably want one. Man, Matthew, somebody when I was in school had the great idea that we would have sketch battles while drinking. Oh, you should no. see the artwork. I would out love by to see group. the artwork. Oh my gosh! Uh, that that that's like a separate like Instagram account. Just that, just drunk it's, art. That's like, all it is. Which turning the piece of paper? Which way's up? Uh-huh. Just like, I, I, I want that Instagram ac- <laughs> account to happen. Just drunk art. That's all it is. Just keep scrolling art. by. Yes, the sketch battles. Ah, they were legendary. Now, as much as Matthew knows, the Volvo V60 T8 Polestar plug-in hybrid seems like the perfect car. With beautiful styling, great technology, good performance, that $70,000 price tag is out of the question. I see it, yeah. At this point, the S60 B5 all-wheel drive is in the lead, but he's excited to hear what we come up with. This is cool. I really like this, Matthew. And and, and Katie, both, I'm, I'm glad you're looking at this stuff. I love that you have that Z3 and you're kind of figuring out early on in your marriage where, where the boundaries are. <laughs> You've got the little one now. There's a lot of stuff changing in life, man. So I, I totally yeah, get sure. it. I, I'm, I have doing something right now. I have never, I haven't done in a long, long time. Oh, okay. I've got a sniper shot. I've got one car and you're we're kidding. Done. I just, I, I know exactly what Matthew should get. Well, and I'm stopping. Let's hear it. You're replacing a WRX, an older WRX. Yeah. You have fun, as you said, fun stick shift in the BMW Z3 that your wife likes to go out for a date in. You have your SUV, the thing that she likes. You've got all that covered. You need something that is going to have better gas mileage, but is a genuine four-door, four-seat, can be a family car, comes in a color, automatic is fine, but you're coming out of the WRX, which means you like turbo fun. I'm stopping right here, well inside your budget. You've got like 10 grand left over. Okay, maybe three or four grand left over, depending upon how you trick it out. The Mazda 3 Turbo. All-wheel drive, automatic, great interior, good dynamics, actually has an all-wheel drive system that helps you in corners, which was the thing that I was most impressed by when we drove that car. Get it in the fantastic Soul Red, one of the most elegant, bright colors being sold by any manufacturer. Mm. Mazda 3 Turbo, done. Sniper shot, kill shot, done. That's really good. 
I, I kept That's thinking, really good. I kept thinking about alt, and I was like, why am I alting? Sniper shot. Finished. Matthew. Mazda 3 Turbo. And scene. Wow. That's fantastic. I, I really like that. Matthew, I have other choices for you to think about, but I do like that Mazda 3 Turbo. It's excellent. That way, I mean, you'd have small, medium, and large because of that Trailblazer. And, and they're different brands. They're very different cars. You, you, gas mileage on that car on the highway is like low 30s in the Mazda 3 Turbo. Yeah. Yeah, so it's I, excellent. It's definitely going to be better be than paying forty. Had. It was thir- the one we had was thirty six. Like L- loaded out, done. loaded out their high thirties. Yeah. Loaded, loaded, loaded for sure. That's really good. I, I, that's I, why I stopped. It was like I could keep right. going, that's but I really think good. I'm just going to stop right there. Well, see, I start. I'm going to start way out in outer space, Matthew. Okay, great. And I'm suggest a Hyundai Santa Cruz, but there's a reason. Okay, I'm waiting. It's my effort to get you out of the Trailblazer. Oh, and look I know at what you you're did. a Chevy guy. Interesting. And I know you're a Corvette guy, and you wow. want a Corvette. Mm. But Todd has a story about his dad's trailblazer. Oh, the Equinox? Or the Equinox. Sorry, the Equinox. You want me to go there? Really? <laughs> Only if you want to. My, my father, my Only father f- is not a car guy. My father, in spite I still of the can't fact get over this. that he bought a Corvette, which I'm very proud of. Yes. And I actually had a conversation recently because he's having all these conversations with himself. I mean, here is a man who's not a car guy and now owns three cars. He has his old Avalanche. He has my mom's Equinox, which is also very old. And they have this Chevy, this uh, Corvette, which is great. It's yeah. a C6. It's, it's, it's excellent. It's great. And I'm thrilled that he got it. But he's starting to have those, okay, I'm older now. Can I get three cars driven? What if I don't keep the Corvette? And he, he mentioned this to me so sheepishly. Like, Todd, I I just, I want you to know. He, like, eased his way in for, like, 30 solid seconds. <laughs> I want you to know I might at some point get rid of the vet. And I was like, Dad, I totally get it. I, I'm just proud of you that you bought it and you've driven it and you've enjoyed it. I did tell him, though, that he's not allowed to get rid of it until they take a really good road trip in the Corvette. Agreed. I said, that's my only stipulation. Yes. But they are going to have to replace my mom's Equinox, which it's one of those cars where it has a little over 100,000 miles and it seems like twice that. When I got back from some trip... The first thing out of your mouth was vitriol for that thing, for yeah. that car. I mean, because your parents were out of town. Yeah. I think you picked me up from the airport or something. And they're, they're, the first thing, it wasn't high. It wasn't like, great to see you, man. It was it like, was Equinox. that stupid Equinox. But, but so they're going to get rid of Equinox. So I have been telling them. By the way, when they bought this Equinox, <laughs> I told them to get a Mazda CX 5. Right. Why did they get an Equinox? Because my dad only buys GM products. Uh, yeah. Uh, so okay, so I'm trying to get him. <laughs> I'm trying to get him, and they are to, to their credit. They're looking around at other five seat CUVs than Equinox, which I've told them is right. Like it's the Just C amazing. student in the brand. It's like You're the C there. student in the area. So let's look at an A student somewhere. Okay, yeah, they're driving other stuff, which is cool. And I picked them up from the airport in a recent press car, the Genesis GV70, yeah. which we are huge fans. It's of. It's amazing. This was a $65,000, you cannot check another box, GV70. This is Genesis does a Macan. Okay, it's really what it is. It's the high-performance version, all of that. You like it. I like it. My wife likes it. My parents got in and were like, what is this now? They were impressed because it's very <laughs> impressive. Record scratch. Totally. What it was this? in the great red color, really, really cool. Yeah. Test drive on that is coming. We were, we were fans. So then I tell my dad what it is. He's, the more we drive it, I'm driving him home, the more impressed he is with it. Okay, he, good. He's just like, wow. Anybody he will Absolutely. be. He yeah. should be. That $65,000 price apparently really stuck in his brain. Because I haven't had lunch with him like a week later. <laughs> and in the middle of a conversation about, not really about that, he said, yeah, I was, you know, like that, you know, we're looking at stuff for the Equinox and, you know, that Genesis you had me in was really good. But you realize for 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> you sorry. can't I do got, it. I got to start again. You, you realize for $65,000, Todd, I could buy two Chevy Malibus. And I just sat there in a moment of long silence, and I finally came up with this response. Yes, Dad, but then you'd own two Chevy Malibus, and that's not something you should even have one of. Right. He is so obsessed with Chevy products. So we'll hopefully get right. him out of the Equinox into something that is not a Chevy Malibu. I understand he can't afford sixty-five grand, but the fact that the way he quantified it was I could buy two Chevy Malibus for that. A car that <laughs> no one should buy one of. He was so influenced by how much he loved Chevy Caprices that anything that is a Chevy-branded sedan is therefore gold. I'm, I'm and the closest we've got now. With I know you're frozen in time. Shock right now. and yeah. fear. Yeah, and you, you've lost all connection to time and reality. Yes. I understand. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Matthew, my <laughs> way, way back to the point. <laughs> entire point of having Todd share that story was because you said you wanted a C6 Corvette with the big block. Yeah, that did kind of get brushed under the rug. You said that. You're right. You yeah. wrote that. Mm-hmm. I want a C6 Corvette 427 done. Mm hmm. And that trailblazer, as much as your wife likes it, mm-hmm. I'm hoping you can get out of it soon. Mm. I'm hoping you can reconsider it. I know you like it, and it's fine now. That's because it's new. It's like that GD Power Initial Quality Award. That's because it's new. <laughs> Everything that's new is fine. It's new. That's why. But a few years in, uh, so I bring up the Santa Cruz because it's so surprising. Okay. It's excellent. We actually have a video soon coming out about the Ford Maverick versus the Hyundai Santa Cruz. Welcome to next week. Yeah, for sure. People are discovering Utes. Mm-hmm. The Honda Ridgeline is no longer going to dominate this market. The two Utes. Sorry. Yeah. So if you get this, they're forty grand for the engine with the turbo. They're really good to drive, and they have a whole lot of utility. As Declan grows up, you've mm. got plenty of places for bikes and canoes and stuff in the back. You can get it dirty. It drives so well, and it rides great Mm -hmm. because the wheelbase is longer than the Tucson upon which it's based. It has a great freeway ride. It drives better than it should. See, if you get that, then she'll fall in love with it, start driving it because it drives way better (laughs) than that Trailblazer. Then you'll sell the Trailblazer, and we can get you the Corvette. It's the, they got a deal on that trailblazer. That's a factor too. They got yeah, a good deal. Deal schmeal. Well, you know, it's a factor. All right, you could save money. You could get a Kia K5 GT. It's middle of the road, good, good gas mileage. Sure. Sedan, do you well. You could look at the Honda Civic Si. I thought of that 11th generation that we love, but it's a manual transmission. You already got one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still it's still a great option. It's though. still a great option. That's, They're great. That is, I hadn't thought of that, and that is way up there too. I mean, if she'll let you have manual number two, that is the question. Yeah. Then you could get that Civic Si and save money, mm-hmm. thirty grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about, I toyed with that TLX, the Acura TLX A spec. I don't know how tall you guys are. Todd and I are trees, and we didn't mm-hmm. fit in the back seats. I mean, Declan's going to fit now. Hey, true, but you know, in five years he's going to be like, "Where is my legroom?" I know? mean, when Todd got out of the back seat of the Acura. He looked at me with the same commentary as that stupid Equinox. He was like, I was quite a because because of the scale of the car. If you have a small, sorry, side rant again. If you have a small car with a small back seat, fine, right, fine. You got the the guess what? The Evora has a small back seat. So does the 911. So does the the BMW 2 Series. These are small back seats. I get it. The one in the GR86 is mostly unusable, but it's also a small car that even bothered to have a back seat. Small back seats are fine. Have you seen a TLX in person? 
<laughs> They're huge. They're like five series big. They're huge. The fact that yeah. you could not get a six-foot adult person back there without them hurting themselves, because I nearly did. It was, like, difficult. <laughs> that's, that's unacceptable. I think he got out of the Acura and looked at me and said, Stupid equinox. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Same but I kind see of how, thing. But you I, get there. I see how you got there. Yeah. But the Civic Si has way more backseat room. Tons. It's fantastic. It's, that's also one of those weird origami tricks of the world. Yeah. It's inexplicable how mm. good it is, especially compared to the because because sorry again the Acura is going to pardon me the Honda Civic is going to be the Acura Integra, which means the smaller car is going to have more backseat space than the bigger car in the Acura lineup. Y- yes. When has that happened in the history of the world? It just did. Has BMW... Has, I'll go there. Has BMW <laughs> ever sold a 5 Series with less back seat space than the 3 Series? No, they have not. Uh, About to happen over in the Honda brand. Well, Acura. then they made the 4 Series, and that didn't help things. That just muddied the water. But that still has halfway decent back seat space because it's built on the uh, on the big 3. Yeah. But my point is, you've never had the smaller car with more space than the bigger car in the lineup, and that's about to happen over at Acura. I am, I am completely <laughs> baffled by this reality. All right, Matthew, I'll leave you with my choice, and that is the Genesis G70 all-wheel drive, 3.3T Sport, $49,000, just a touch outside, just a bit outside. <laughs> You've recommended it before, but it's very worth it. It's very good. The back seat space is a kind of a in-between between that great Civic Si and the not-great Acura TLX. Yes. It's kind of right in between, but as a driver's car, it's so good to mm-hmm, drive. Mm-hmm. We talked about that G70. That's 64000 or Sorry, GV70. GV70, yeah. This is the G70 yes. all-wheel drive. Lots of power. It's like a mini AMG. Mm-hmm. And speaking of AMG, if you want to go wild card, I did find a 2014 Mercedes-Benz <laughs> E63 AMG sedan for $49,950. Wild card. Okay. I mean, just, you know, food know for thought. I actually just recommended that specific sedan before, so I'll give it to you. That's, entertaining. That's, that's, yeah, for sure. And that's outside your budget. And so there you go. That's my recommendation. But otherwise, I want you in the Corvette. So Hyundai and then Trailblazer goes away. I did think that there Corvette. was no plan here for the vet. I did think that was There's interesting. There's a plan. There's no plan for the vet. Stick We're to trying the plan. to yeah. execute the plan. We're really proud to have Covercraft as a long-running TV and podcast sponsor. That's because Covercraft not only makes the best custom-fit car covers, but also has all the products you need to keep your car ready for car show and travel season. Products like seat covers and dash covers, sunscreens, and more. All custom tailored for your vehicles and made with the quality and attention to detail that has been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. Covercraft is focusing on protecting the car, SUV, truck, or boat that you love too. Whatever cover or sunscreen you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Speaking of executing the plan, (laughs) this next car debate, man... (laughs) Jackson wrote in from Philly, and he says 10 years of discipline. He is, he's not just kidding, he is a financial advisor. He said, I'm probably the last person you want to have right in. And he said his wife is an accountant. (laughs) These are people that understand math and financing on a level that I'm not sure exists. To the point that he actually at one point gives us a couple numbers and go, you can figure it out for yourself. And I was like, no, I cannot. (laughs) I still can't. I, I, I can't. He said 10 years ago when they were both 31, they sat down together and plan their financial future so that when they were in their early 40s, they could either fully retire or barely work. Now. How admirable. How amazing. Amazing. Uh, f- fully amazing. That's Jackson. awesome. And this, and this 10-year plan, has talked about sticking with the plan. It has come to fruition. And they, he's now going to get a little crazy and buy some fun stuff. And his wife is already way ahead of him on that. So we're going to get to all of that stuff. But I just, this is one of those moments when I read that and I just went, hmm. 
how differently could I have done things? Because <laughs> I failed because life. I because I I have loved the kind of jobs I've had. I've worked in the film industry. I you know we do this job now. It is amazing that I have this job. Then there is the flip side where I go, hmm. Uh, I am heading toward another big decade, and I think I'm going to work till I die. I think that's really how that's going to happen. I'm going to be. What's Todd doing today? Well. He's working. How is he the old now? Yep. He's still working. That's where we're headed, but uh, glad to have you with us, man. Well, Jackson says the plan they came up with was to live off one of their incomes for 10 years mm. to save and then invest the other person's yearly income. Mm-hmm. Both he and his wife make around $80,000 a year each mm. after taxes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. They decided that his wife would be the one to save her earnings. And this year in 2022, or in mid-March, they hit their 10-year goal. Dun, dun, dun. On top of that, the saved money grew by about 39% throughout the decade. See, this is the math that I couldn't So do your own math. Uh Yeah, see, I couldn't. Right there, my head already hurt. It were too many numbers. Yeah. It was very difficult, especially since he's got the car bug. He's got the disease. Mm -hmm. But he refrained from buying newer cars that would come with a high car note that would take them out of their budget for the last 10 years. Instead, he searched out driving experiences. Okay. All right. That's good. Now, Jackson's been all over the country to probably just about every driving school and experience you can think of to scratch his itch. And then there's, but then there was a twist here in the middle of this email I did not expect. Because this story so far is you've been driving 15-year-old $5,000 Honda Civics. That's what I started reading into this. Oh, right. Okay, you've been driving like that car barely runs and it's disposable and I get rid of it and we need something big and we buy it. That's what I was expecting. Then you drop on us that you bought a used 2013 BRZ because frankly, we wouldn't shut up about it. You bought it about three years ago, which means you got a deal on that car and you drive that car constantly and love it. So, you are a car guy person, but this this starts much more doom and gloom than reality. I was expecting <laughs> sure. like you were in a wasteland of no fun cars. You've had a BRZ for the last three years. Bravo. He's been doing great. Yes. And now the time has come where he's ready for something else. Mm-hmm. He's been in pretty much every hot car that's reasonably priced from the BRZ to a 911 GT3 on track. Ooh. Now that he and his wife have crossed the finish line, he's free to get something pretty hot. So his budget is a hundred thousand dollars. He'd oh, really man. rather keep it to seventy or eighty, mm-hmm. just or even lower. But he loves the driving experience. He's been in Lamborghini Huracans on track, and he never thought he'd say this, but he has more fun on track in his BRZ. I, uh, you know what? I'm actually not surprised. I'm not surprised either. Anyway, what he did resonate with was the 911. He says it felt like a souped-up BRZ. It's a little bit more than that, but okay. Yeah, weight, weight balance-wise, it's quite different, too. But anyway, but, yeah. I, but I, I see the connection. Okay, onward. He says perhaps he should just wait on that new Lotus, but after 10 years, it's tough to wait any longer. <laughs> it, to the point that his wife, who apparently has been waiting through all of this as well, she already bought herself a 22 Audi S7 and keeps going, why haven't you bought it? You're the car person. <laughs> She's wondering why haven't you gone so and done it? Yeah. He's six foot two, even torso and legs, and he hopes to be on the pilgrimage trip next year. We definitely hope you can join we us. We hope you can. It actually sold out this year, which is a first that's never happened. And Jackson, if you can join us for that meetup uh, right before Radwood, we'd love to see you and meet you. From eighty to one hundred thousand dollars, it's nothing but the greatest hits from Everyday Driver. There's great stuff up there. Yeah, yeah. What you're going to have to do, Jackson, is really figure out what brand resonates with you the most. And you mm. mentioned Porsche. I will fully back your play. And so, therefore, the Cayman GTS and GT4 should be at the very top of your list. I, you know what? Side note here. I think it's Cayman over 911. I do, too. 
the nine elevens are awesome. The Cayman is Shoot. the is look. There are those people who can be like, well, why didn't you just get a nine eleven because it's the bigger car? I get it, yeah. but it's also on the other end of the spectrum. It's the bigger car, yeah. And the dynamics of the Cayman are better. Have you driven? You didn't say it. Have you driven a Cayman on track? I'm guessing you have. I'm surprised it didn't resonate with you. The the nine eleven oh, no. nine eleven is excellent, but the Cayman, if it were my money, Cayman over nine eleven. I mean, I'd go out and get a GT four and be done. Yeah. And Jackson, the GT four flavor of Caymans, whether it's nine eight seven or the new seven eighteen, that has become a cul de sac car in my opinion. Where do you go from a GT4 mm-hmm. Cayman? It isn't 911. It isn't something Ferrari or Lamborghini or hotter because the Cayman's already amazing on track. It's already yeah. so great to drive and just putter around, take on a canyon road, find a great road, and have an afternoon or take it to the track. Well, back to the, the Huracan thing that he said. I bet you if he had a Cayman GT4, he could get in just about every exotic to the point you're already making, about every other exotic on track days and be like, I'm glad I have a Cayman GT4. Yes. Yeah. I remember the last time you and I did pilgrimage, which feels like decades ago, even though it was three years. Last time you and I did pilgrimage, we were in a, uh, I believe it was a Cayman GTS, a 981 Cayman GTS, yeah. all day at Spa. Oh. Now, the thing that happens at Spa, this is a crazy Glorious. little diatribe to go on because I can't that believe that this so is actually good. something we get to do. Yeah. But the, the whole crazy thing about Spa, the Spa track day, is that the GT3s come out in mass. Now, we know there's a dispenser over there anyway, but it's practically like the track is sponsored by GT3s. Yeah, More than half the people on the track are in GT3s, which does create a scenario where there's a a, a range. Let me be be nice. There's a range of driver talent behind the wheel. But we, in a Cayman, the little car, should be killed by GT3s all day. And that's simply not the case. And it's not because Paul and I are some amazing Stig drivers. No. It's just the GTS is really good and very fast. And I kept playing with GT3s anytime I was in the car. Well, especially were, at the top of Eau Rouge. It spits you out at the top to the chemical yes. straightaway. And yes. GT3s that blew by you are suddenly sitting there. Well, and, the, and the, the Kimmel Straight is actually slightly uphill. It was about the only place where after a while, the GT3s would start to gain a little bit of ground. But then everywhere else on the track was like, hi, here's me chewing on your bumper again. Exactly. Can I get past, please? Exactly. So I think you'd love a GT4. I hear you about the Lotus, but I'm, in, I'm intrigued as much or more as Todd is about the Amira. Mm, interesting. I think that car is going to be very, very special. Mm. We can't wait to get in one. But if you have to have something now, the Avor GT is so good. And you and I so aligned rewarding. a lot here. We aligned really? a lot because I've been on my list too. Because... I mean, I'm talking about the, the greatest hits. M2CS, mm-hmm. C8 Corvette, the Mercedes yeah. AMG GT. Yeah. I even toyed with a, an Acura NSX for you, just if you wanted to keep the price down. But 10 years, you've been in financial jail mm-hmm. because you put yourself there. Yeah. And it's paying off. It's paying off. For and, sure. now's the time. I don't want you to feel like... Ah, this is, you only can answer this, Jackson, but I don't want you to feel like you're, you still have to have those same requirements. And it's going to take you a while mm. to loosen the reins, to kind of free yourself of the shackles. You've put <laughs> your, and it, you've put yourself in an excellent place. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Many people are envious of you, but you've gone through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see you let loose a little bit. I'd love to see you get something. And, and the NSX is on there, but any of these others... Yeah, you could go exotic, but I don't think you're going to be happy with an exotic. I think you're suddenly going to be tiptoeing around, mm, and mm. you're going to sell it because it's a 2011 DBS, and you don't want a check engine light to go on. Interesting. Maybe. Along these lines, the, the reason I actually put the Lotus Evora GT on here is for a couple of reasons that you're bringing up, Paul, and that is, first off, it's the Amira you can get now. 
I'm excited yeah. about the Amira, but the thing you have to understand is similarly, and hopefully even better, similarly to the way Nissan is making a new Z car out of the last Z car, mm-hmm. Lotus is making their new car, the Amira, out of the last uh, Evora. Yeah. Now, the Evora has gotten steadily, it, it started off good. You know, 9, 20, 10, it started off yeah. good. They yeah. refined the heck out of that car all the way up to the GT. The GT we drove against the M2CS and both loved it. It is a phenomenal car, and it is also a phenomenal alternative, like straight up shoulder to shoulder with the Caymans. I, I think you could actually have a discussion about which one you want, not like which one, well, which one are you settling for? No, no, no. They're they're equal. Which one is your flavor? Of course, for me, it's the Evora. The Amira is going to be a revised Evora. I think it's, it's going to be ways. spectacular. It's going to be great because the Evora, if it's any better than the Evora GT, how much better can it get than the Evora GT? This is actually my point. Yeah. So what I think is really interesting here, Jackson, is if you got yourself an Evora GT, you would A, get some level of deal on it because everybody's waiting on the Amira. That's true. And B, I don't think you would treat it as precious as you might if you had an Amira because what's going to happen with the Amiras, I can see it already. People are going to buy them and be terrified to drive them because it is the last and latest and greatest, and they're going to be terrified all the time. Well, the Porsche effect is going to happen to them. Oh, no, don't put miles on it Yeah, because you can flip that for like 20 grand more. Exactly. That's what I'm worried about Ah. with that car. Whereas the Avora is just going to sit there. And people are going to overlook it because they don't realize that it's so close to what the Amir is going to be. I, when I'm driving the Amir, I can just see the handwriting on the wall here. You can buy an Evora. You can drive it. You can not worry about it. And you can get one right now. Exactly. The other thing is you need to go drive. You didn't bring them up. You need to drive the C7 or C8 Corvette, both of them, and surprise yourself. The thing about the C7 is you were talking about what's the bigger version of your BRZ. It's a C7 Corvette. That is actually the update from your BRZ. You want more power but similar feel? That's the bigger car version of that car. So I think if you got yourself a C7, how about a Grand Sport C7? You'd be well within your budget. I think you'd really like that car. But I also think you should at least drive the C8 because it is that exotic feel without having the exotic pressure. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there'll yeah. be market adjustments on that. I hate that term, but I'm sure there'll be market adjustments on that. But drive the C7, C8. I think those are all options. Hopefully something here, Jackson, is intriguing you. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Oh, the questions. RJ O'Leary says on Facebook, what do we find the most useful feature that seems to come on most new cars? And what do we find the least useful or annoying feature that seems to come on most new cars? Most useful is actually Apple CarPlay. Okay. I love yeah. that system. I love the universal reality that that creates for the head unit. I just I'm I'm completely in love with it. Wired, wireless, don't care. I just like to be able to okay, I can everything I'm used to using. We look at our phones how many times a day? Don't answer that. It's a terrifying number. <laughs> We're so used to that. I just like seeing that interface in the car. The least useful or annoying for me depends on the moment can be auto start stop. Don't like that. I'm always yeah. diving for the A with the with the with the arrow around it. Auto start stop or possibly smart cruise control. Those are the ones that really drive me nuts. Yeah, mine is definitely smart c- cruise control because I don't like having the person ahead of me make the choice for my speed. And they will. I really don't. They like really that. will. 
Let's see. Further on down, Wade Donald Water Street says, why is Porsche so locked into their design language? I think because of their long history, because those cars, those 718Ks and the 550 Spiders and those early 911s and the 356, the surfaces still look really good. Yeah. I mean, not everybody likes them. I get that. But they're beautiful surfaces and they looked hand-formed, hand-shaped. Wade, can you imagine if Porsche did something very angular and was very line-based, much like BMW is driving with their styling now, or Korean car companies? They've made them look great, but that's their flavor. Let's leave that to them. Mazda has a nice mix of surface and line and the resolution between the two. I mean, surface resolution is the biggest thing that I look for because at the A-pillar, we'll say, you have five different surfaces Mm -hmm. coming to a single Mm -hmm. point. What do you do? How do you resolve the glass, the the tumble home of the glass, the windshield coming into the hood and the body side, and then there's usually some sort of signature detail, some sort of line or sculpture running along the shoulder. How do you resolve that? And Mazda Mm. does such a great job. But imagine if Porsche did something very edgy, you know, lots of lines, and they weren't so surface-based because they let the surfaces and the fender swells suggest power and suggest muscularity under the skin. They let the car do that first, even to the Cayennes. That is still evident. And then with, you know, the graphics. Graphics are intakes, headlights, taillights, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, any lower bumper features. Those are all graphics because they're almost drawn on. Yes, they have a different surface, but it's always about the surface for Porsche. Same with Mercedes right now. That's why I like it so much. And the graphic of the taillight, but it continues the surface. It's not an indentation. (laughs) A big example of the opposite of that is the back of the Toyota Venza. That's Mm. lots of surface, but lots of line. Yeah. And it's letting... Interesting. Okay. The the design, you know, really, there's a lot of, uh, you know, concave, convex surfaces moving in and out mixed with a lot of lines. It works, but that's Toyota's signature. Yeah. I think Porsche, because they have that history, because they're always looking back at where they started and then pushing forward. They're always referencing that. They're always looking back for styling and they're always looking forward for tech, which is an interesting combination. I mean, I would love it for them to do something out of the box, but as out of the box as they got. I'll give you an example. It's your 928. That's a good one. That was Porsche thinking out of the box. And then the Porsche purists lost their mind. And so they backtracked. (laughs) Notice, think about about it in styling that point. Look at what happened from the 924, 44, 68, and then the 928. That was Porsche headed in a new direction. Yes. Headed with new styling. And then they got to where the 928 was supposed to replace the 911, and the 911 purists lost their mind. And so as a result, the 928 ends up dying, and the 911 goes on, yeah. I think Porsche ended up like a child that got burned by the stove there. They were like, well, we can't walk away from the 911 too far. Because yeah. after yeah. that point, every single single thing they make references the 911. The Cayman does, the Cayenne does, the Macan does, the, mm-hmm. the, the my God, the everything. Taycan does. Everything yeah. has to have a kind of a 911-esque shape, which I feel like that's a, that's a bit of an overcorrection. Couldn't we do something totally <laughs> different? Sawing at the wheel. But... But that was the thing, is the 928 was like the branch out, and everybody went, don't do that, and now look where we are. But it's not like that doesn't look good. It's not like the 911 was like, whoa, that's the thing you reference in every one of your products. It's not like they started with a bad idea. I agree with that. But they they haven't felt like they their market would follow them, I guess, if they Mm -hmm. went completely. I'd love for them to drop something that looks like nothing else in the lineup, but I don't think it's going to happen. Even if they referenced 
similar kinds of surfaces, some fender swells and went a little bit different than that. Mm. As a matter of fact, their book of unpublished designs kind of does that. It does walk and away it's more. Interesting. Yeah. And there's a little bit of Porsche flavor, but clearly not enough to mm. make production, mm. but they do toy with that stuff. And that was all outlined in that book. It's fantastic. Actually, some of those concepts and they're referencing still their old stuff. Yeah. 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 But it made something new and it felt like a fresh direction mm. because they looked backwards a little bit and then thought, all right, let's put some futuristic kinds of you know, surfaces and lines on this. Let's, you know, something new and different. There's some great looking designs in there and they're a clear Porsche flavor, but you're right. Maybe management is kind of handcuffing the designers. I mean, when I was in school, the Cayenne didn't exist. Neither did the Panamera or the Taycan or anything like that. Good so point. it was like, yeah. man, what an honor to go work for Porsche. How bored are you going to be? <laughs> Seriously. It was well, like, man, that's super cool. What except, are you going to sketch all day? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. That was the problem with the Panamera from day one mm-hmm. is it was supposed to look mm-hmm. like the four-door 911, which is a difficult place to be. Yeah. A four-door 928-looking shape would have made much more sense. But, you which know, is now kind of reflected in the, in the uh, sport Taycan. To some degree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the wagon. The sport cross. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point, yeah. Anaswar says on Facebook, with online auctions such as cars and bids and bring a trailer, should there be a policy that bans flipping of brand new cars? Interesting. Mm. As in, I just got a brand new Corvette C8. I just saw it this week. There was a guy with a brand new Rivian that's selling it on uh, cars and bids. He's probably going to get way over what he paid for it. Yeah. So yeah. Shouldn't, there, shouldn't that be stopped? Otherwise, how is buying a car through an auction any different than going to a dealer and ending up finding out that there's a massive markup added to a brand new car? I see where you are, and this bothers me as well because it's, it's the scalping ticket idea, which really annoys me. <laughs> okay? I mean, whatever the performer wants to charge is what the performer should charge. And now I have to pay you because you were faster to, to click the button than me. That's annoying. I will say it's, there's one thing about it that's different. Dealers only exist because regulations exist for the manufacturers to not be able to sell directly to you. And Tesla has kind of skirted this. And now manufacturers are going, what is this now? So dealers only exist because they're required to. If Chevy could sell you a car directly, it'd be all the Malibus, right? If, she- right. if somebody could sell you a car directly from Ford or Chevy or whoever, then there wouldn't be markup. The MSRP would be what we'd be getting all these cars for, and the dealer exists because they're required to, and they are a they are a business that makes money on essentially service and then gouging the public for markups. So it bothers me a lot more to have a business that doesn't necessarily have to be there get benefit from something they didn't do than a person that bought a car. It's, it's, it's gray areas. I acknowledge that bought a car and says, well, I'm just going to turn this around and sell it myself. Yeah. The dealer the, thing yeah. bothers me much more. I agree. But the, I, agree. I, I don't like it period, but the, the difference also in the auction part of this scenario is everybody getting into the auction knows they're going to pay above what it cost, but they want it now. So everybody that's yeah. in the auction gets into auction fever and wants to win the auction. That's different than you walked into a dealer expecting to pay MSRP and you get gouged by, well, yeah, it'll be 10 grand over. You walked in to get it for what it says on the, on the tin. You know what that's devolved into is pure entertainment. Yes. That's why people spend money in Vegas mm-hmm. and don't care if they lose because they were entertained. I'm going to go into this auction and I'm going to buy that car. There are those people. So I'm mm-hmm. going to pay whatever it takes to get that car. It's a very different headspace than, but that car supposed to, it says it's 32999 Why are you asking five grand over? 
I came in to pay thirty two nine nine nine. What on earth are we talking about? That's a very different conversation. Ryan Stamps got a similar question, but with a twist here. Toyota's approach to the upcoming GR Corolla being one too few, meaning they're going to build, and they've publicly stated this, one too few. Ryan feels that will only encourage dealer greed and mark- markups. Yeah. Since Toyota does not receive any additional money from those markups, shouldn't their goal be to make this car for everyone who could afford it? No. Hmm. Because it will keep the interest in the GR brand and the GR mystery and the GR desire high. Mm, okay. The rest of the Toyota lineup is for everybody who wants to afford a Toyota product. That's what the rest of it is for. And they're not like Ferrari in that sense because every Ferrari is sort of one too few. I mean, California and you know others aside. In, in general, Ferrari does a really good job of trying to get people to not buy their cars. That's the thing that shocks me about <laughs> it's them. so funny. They want you to buy all of their branding, but they would right. really prefer if no one bought their cars. No, no, no. You can't have one either. You know, you can't have that one funny or you bought a lot of, but this one, this one, you're not special enough for that one. How is that a business model? Sorry, but it's true. But think about the BMW M2 when it came out, BMW said, Mm -hmm. we're going to build as many as we can sell. You want one sign up BMW M2. Now I never ended up getting one. That was for other reasons, but the interest in the M2 is kind of not as much. But the special ones, the competition Mm. and the CS remain very high because you can't have one. Yeah, interesting and point. And human beings always want what they can't have. Uh-huh. That is human nature, and that is what Toyota is playing into, especially, like I said, to keep that GR interest and intrigue very high because it makes the GR brand more special. There's not quite as many of them as you think. So when you do get one, ooh, I got something special here. I also, treat it better. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. keeps values high, all of that kind of stuff. I also wonder if there's a... a a further thought behind that that is this. I wonder if that thinking is less, we want to keep people rabid, because I agree that that's helpful, but it's also, we don't ever want to have a GR Corolla that just wound up in somebody's fleet waiting to be sold. That's part of it. I, I mean, you, definitely believe th- that. There, yeah. There's, there's, there's a, a lot of wiggle room in between those two sentences. True. One is, True. you can't have it, we're going to keep it from people to keep the brand high, but the other one is, we made so many that now they're like, the, the we talked about the uh, Camaro Z28 last podcast. Those, when they first came out, were getting ten to $20,000 markups. Yeah, and yeah. six months later, they were sitting on dealer lots with no one to buy them, and they were discounting them heavily. Like more th- That's what Toyota's yeah, wanting to half. defend against. Yeah. If the, I've heard they're going to make thousand, like six or 7,000 first year. Okay, That means that if 7,000 people want them, they've already got spillover for the next year. But I bet if only 4,000 people showed up the second year, they're not going to make 7,000 the year after that. They're mm-hmm. going to make 3,000. Yeah, if there's a glut or if something's free, Ryan, if anything is free, your value, your perceived value on that thing is far less than if you paid money for that thing. Doesn't matter what it is. We all know this. If anything is free, it could be concert tickets. Mm. Eh, maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. But if you paid a hundred bucks each for them, yeah. you're going. I think there'll be a lot of them. I don't think this is going to be a rare car in like the grand pantheon of cars, fun cars. I think it's going to be a lot of them, but I hope that there's not so many that they're just like, yeah, we can't even move these anymore. Right. But just keeping it a little bit less, just even the hint of that mm-hmm. makes you're you right. want one even more. You're, you're right. Speaking of the Corolla, the, the John Tran says, would it be an upgrade if I were to trade my 2015 WRX STI for the new GR Corolla? I don't know how it couldn't be. <laughs> yeah, because the yeah. STI has the the engine from essentially 20 years ago. I mean, it's a known commodity, but the engine from 20 years ago. Now, Subaru has a fantastic 
all-wheel drive system. There's no question. It's a very good all-wheel drive system. The STI is very fun. But the STI also wasn't available in a hatch at that point, I don't think. 2015, I'm th- pretty sure, is post-hatch. Uh, so yeah. now you're getting a hatchback, which is one of the funny things about having these little hot hatches. Let's actually have them be a hatch. That's crazy. And that GR Corolla is going to be latest tech, which I think is interesting, while still only a manual transmission. I think it's bound to be an upgrade. Got a question from Matthew H., who says, sorry if it's been covered, but what is the Mercedes equivalent of beaver teeth? Uh, the Merc mouth? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was thinking the best specific I could do cars. Right yeah, okay. I, I, like, the, the phase that Mercedes went through mm. in the aughts with the, you know, double lights on each side, that, uh, what was it, the R-Class Mercedes? It was kind of a oh, hot their, minivan. Their, their minivan, Just yeah. tripped and fell flat on its face. <laughs> that was kind of the equivalent. But Mercedes has never really built crap, I don't think. I mean, well, their, their, des- their design has always had a real staid reality to it. They haven't, they haven't swung for the fence with a, this is a crazy design, and we know it, but you're going to like it, we promise. That's what BMW's done here. I mean, BMW has been through flame surfacing when the yes. Chris Bangle era came out. You're Everybody right. was horrified. Yep. And now it's sort of like, yeah, that Z4 looks pretty good. The Z4 is the best of that group. The 7 Series still looks odd. The, the, exactly. The, the 6 Series still looks like some weird bottom-feeding fish all this time <laughs> yes. later. Yes, yeah. And now they're in the beaver teeth phase, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's getting better. They, they have to just stop doing that or <laughs> square it off and make it so architectural that it will work with the rest of the lines on the car. We're supposed to believe that it's for cooling, Paul. Have you heard this story? It's for cooling. Yeah, it's sure all it is. for cooling. Quanton Soup 87 asks a question that I, I'm going to actually ask you a question back to try to clarify. Would we be open to turning YouTube videos into a separate podcast on streaming platforms? So what you're asking here for, you say you consume media entirely while driving, and you'd like to hear more of our thoughts. So what, what you're asking for, if I'm correct here, is our test drive videos, which are kind of like this podcast, just, just us sitting in a car the whole time. What if that existed in an audio-only form? That's interesting. I'm going to throw out an alternative idea here, and that is you could pull up the YouTube video on your phone while it's connected to your car. Don't watch it, but you can have the audio play through your your car system. Yeah, and that's the simplest solve. You could do that for sure because yeah. I'm I'm wondering – look, you guys chime in. Is that something that's interesting? We could certainly do that, I guess. I just don't know that that would get a lot of listening, but I, I love that your interest is there. Don't do the opposite thing I've, I've seen. I was in Las Vegas once with my family my wife and son, and we got, like you do in Vegas, an Uber to get from one place to another. Mm-hmm. And generally, if you're one of the Uber drivers or Lyft drivers, I'm going to give you a pretty high score. I'm going to give you a great score if you were awesome. I'm going to give you a pretty high score if you were decent. you got to do something pretty egregious for me to rate you low. What happened? We got in this car, and there was a guy who had, the driver, had his iPad propped up on the dash between the gear stick and the HVAC controls like you can prop most things. Uh-huh. And he had a cord. This is the, the what I don't want you doing. It's just like a Tesla. He had a cord coming off of that into his stereo system so that the audio from the iPad is going through the stereo system. Okay. He was watching music videos. And I do mean watching music videos. You're kidding me. I have rarely seen a driver driving other people that looked at the road as rarely as this person. And my wife was genuinely scared. When we got out of that car, I rated that person on the floor, and I left comments because I was like, I'm sorry, but you cannot be driving other people around while you're mostly watching a device that, by the way, it's not even up like eye level. Because I know every Uber driver has their phone mounted on the deck. I get that. This is down by the gear stick, and all he was about was watching music videos. Did you ask him? Did you just say, hey, 
we Excuse were, me. We were going not? a few blocks. I just wanted to get out. Oh, because that's the thing about it. It's like this wasn't at low volume either. You were you were kind of interrupting his time. Oh my! What? Yeah, we just kind of no. hung on until that was over. So yeah, don't do that. But yeah, Jason B on Facebook asks our thoughts on how much money you should put into a mundane daily car when a real fun car isn't in the cards for a while. He says, think Camry, think Odyssey for summer tires and minor handling modifications if you've got good roads to use them on. He's going for more smiles per mile than anything yeah, else. He's okay. trying to put a Band-Aid on, you know, tied him over kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Really depends on the car, and it depends on your time frame. But you're never going to get your money back out of that. Yeah. And putting performance tires on a car that can't extract the most out of them is going to be weird at first, and then you're just going to waste your money on tires. Yeah, it's a tough call because I understand the need. You want something fun to drive, but you, you've got to limit yourself. You've got to actually stick to a real budget, not a Paul limiter kind of budget. I agree. Yeah, that's if, the hard If you part. do and you say, all right, I'm going to stop myself at a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks. And what can I get? And then play the game, insert suspension pieces and wheels and tires and start plugging those in. That's the only way you're going to be able to do it. I'll give you a direct example. And every time I mention our friend Greg locally, he's a track guy. <laughs> it seems like those are the podcasts he always hears. He doesn't listen to all the podcasts, but he jokes with me that he feels like he always hears the podcast where he's mentioned. So hi, Greg. He took the family minivan after being a track rat for a while. Yeah. Where he was going yeah. to the track a lot. He kept winding up back in the family minivan and he hated it. If you'd like to see Greg actually drive said family minivan, it's in it's in the back end of part two of our cheap sports car challenge. He was our Stig. He was the Stig that drove the minivan <laughs> for the drag race in the five car piece. Anyway, so he hated the family minivan so much that he thought I'm driving this a lot because of kids. He got coilovers and really good tires and transformed his minivan so that at least he could tolerate it when he drove it. So this is what I'm going to say to you. If you want to do this to your to your personal car, I'm going to say sway bars and tires and stop. Okay. Yeah. See what that's done. I mean, I knew somebody, I forget who it was, but a fan of the show had a Mazda 6. Yeah. And they did yeah. that with it, and they would run with the front of their pack on the canyon. They were so just, they funny. did tires and sway bars and turned that Mazda 6 into something that they were, I'm not saying it's a sports car, but they were confident enough behind the wheel now to run with anybody they could run with. I think those are two things that most cars, somebody has done the R&D and shaken it out. It's like this sway bar will accomplish blank, set it up like this, get these tires. I think you'd be significantly happier without actually getting a full car change. But don't go nuts. Don't try to make that into a lightweight <laughs> sports say, car. Don't do that. That Odyssey is leading a pack of McLarens it's and Porsches. It, it wow. just isn't. Yeah. What did you do? Guys, thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. We mean that too. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates, because we're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.